3: Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across new and pre-owned petrol, diesel,
4: LPG, plug-in hybrid and electric Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Low AP or and zero deposit packages available. See blackstone motors.ie. Good afternoon and you're very welcome along to the late lunch here on LMFM. I'm Alison O'Reilly standing in for Jerry for a few days. I'd love to hear from you. I'm here until half past three. So you can email us. The details, of course, are always info at LMFM.ie or you can text the show on 086 1800 658. Louise, I'm back. I'm back with the lovely Louise. Do you know what? She's just a fantastic producer. I was raving about you to everybody after I did my little stint here over the summer. So uh, it's great to be back. Uh, she's am she's here. One. You're there searching You're there. for headphones. <laughs> I was I was thank pretending you. I was pretending, pretending you were just waiting to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I said, and do you know what? I never said goodbye and thank you properly to you. And it's very important to say thanks. I really believe it's really important to say thank you. So I never said that and it stuck in my head when I was heading off there a couple of months ago. Oh, but you did. This woman is the backbone of this show. You're absolutely brilliant. You're a great producer, Louise.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I'll give you those chocolates <laughs> back now. I'll have three.
4: <laughs> we'll see what she's like now after the end of the couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> like, will you get that one out of here? Anyway, <laughs> we'd love, myself and Louise, would love to hear from you. But coming up on today's show, a former Mayor, Mayo player who wrote a song for Tyrone. Woo! very controversial of course and a new friend for Wally the Walrus a female walrus has been spotted in Germany so we'll be speaking to um, Alan Houlihan who was the first man to spot the gorgeous exotic creature when he graced our shores here author Donal O'Donoghue will be talking to us about how as a young lad his grand sent him to Paris with a hamper full of Irish treats for a very special mystery woman and Eilish Balfe will be talking to us about donating food from her cousin's funeral to the homeless and how soldiers have been contacted her for food. So stay tuned for that. Some kids in house as well received a royal letter. So they're very excited there. But first <clears throat> terrible disappointment again for Mayo over the weekend. And our next guest who's a former Mayo player is going to tell us how he wrote a song for Tyrone. Eddie Maguire, how are you?
5: Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and first of all, may I reiterate and add to the plaudits for Louise. Yes. She's fabulous.
3: Oh, yay!
5: <laughs> Comes from a very, very, very well-known Navin family.
4: There you go, I'm Navin. And, head, uh,
5: you it? know, she, if, if this is the standard of production that they have in LMFM, I'd say God help RTE, that's all I can oh, say. There you go,
4: there you go. You won't going, have a chance. She's not to go anywhere too soon now, Eddie. you to be chasing her off.
5: <laughs> but I'm in a slightly disadvantaged position here because I'm one poor man on his own and two ladies.
4: Yeah, that's uh, it. You're up against
5: it now. <laughs> I'm up against it. It's like Mayo went against Tyrone <laughs> on I, Saturday.
4: But what were you doing? Tell me this, you played for Mayo and then you wrote a song for Tyrone. Now, how did yes. that go down?
5: Well, I played championship football for Mayo in my leaving third year mm. uh, back in, in Ballinan, although I wouldn't like to say which century it is even. But,
4: but I'm sure but, they don't uh, let that go now. They wouldn't be the type to let that go. he's
3: <laughs> one of ours.
5: <laughs> but, but several years ago, I was asked to consider writing a football song for Jerome. And I, at the time, said no way, because I'd written so many already for M- Mayo, Mead, to Kenny Harlan, Claire Harlan Cork uh, football for the Dixies and so on and I said never ever ever again but uh, I thought about it for a while and when I thought about the fact that it was going to be recorded by possibly by Philomena Bightley that gave me a bit of inspiration and I did, I came up with a song which wasn't an out and out football song, it was a kind of a tribute to Tyrone players of the past yes. and that. Song was recorded by Philomena Badley and at this stage, it's you know, they all tell me it, it has done very well. That's fantastic over the years. Yeah,
4: she's a, she is super, though, isn't she? I mean, she's, she's asked,
5: great, yeah, great. Yeah, she's what a character, yeah, <laughs> you know, nothing, nothing is beyond the lady. She's great fun to be with. she if Philomena's around, there's going to be a sing song.
4: Yes, yeah. You know, I, yeah and, I saw her on the Late Late Show as well. I mean, she just gets the crowd going, doesn't she?
5: Oh, she does, she does. But, you know, back to the football, and I'll have to say, Males Day, I, I thought it was going to Males Day mm. of Redemption. Yes. But Males Day of redem- Redemption became a day of despair and Disappointment,
4: And it's such a long time coming. I mean, I feel so sorry for them. I think everybody was rooting for Mayo. They were like, please like, just let them
5: know, get it over the line this I, year. And, you know, in a way, in a way, Alison, and by the way, I have a daughter, a beautiful daughter named Alison also. There you go, so, now. You know, you're on a winner straight away, <laughs> Alison. It's a lovely name. We're a lovely girl. So, yes, the prop- with Mayo, you know, I think that the weight of history weighed down on them. Mm. They, you know, and the, and I think their all on the final was against Dublin four weeks ago. Yeah,
4: you know, yeah, yeah.
5: That they just couldn't, they didn't seem to have the intensity that they had against Dublin. And, of course, Tyrone Alison, are a fabulous football team. They really are. They really are a fabulous football team.
4: Yeah, they did really well now over the weekend. I have to say they were fantastic. Oh, they
5: did. But But Mayo also, you know, they actually into Tyrone's hands. They carried the ball mm. into the tackle too often. They kicked the ball into the Tyrone goalkeeper, I believe, on four or five occasions.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And yeah. also, Tyrone's use of substitutes, I thought, was a little bit better than Mayo's. And remember, it was a Tyrone substitute, sub, sub who scored, that's a hard word pronouncing a substitute. <laughs> that's a hard word pronouncing. It was a uh, Tyrone sub, Cottle McShane, who scored the defining goal, the defining score in the entire match.
4: I know, that and that was it then. We knew then that it's over. Was, it's
5: over. You know, and also, the I, thought, I felt, you know, when Mayo got the penalty, Alison, I said, oh my God, mm. I wish it was a 14 yard free. Yeah. Instead. yeah. <laughs> because we'd surely score the 14 yard free. And poor Rhino who a clubmate of my own, well, I didn't play with him, but I played for that club, Belmullet down and Mayo. And, you know, the penalty. He had kicked all his frees from his hands during the match before that. Mm. He scored eight points altogether, I think two from play, six from frees, and they were all from the hand, not from the ground. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was something that hasn't been noted in newspaper reports. And so the penalty miss from Mayo gave Tyrone a great lift but it was soul destroying for Mayo Alison.
4: Oh, it really is. It really yeah. is. I mean it's at this tell me about this course, Eddie. I mean, do uh, you do you believe it exists? I mean, well it's certainly yeah, <laughs> reflected yeah, in the yeah. in the results.
5: Yeah, well, you know, it, it's um, it's I just I met somebody in Navan this morning who said there was never a curse. Mm. Um, and that's Pat Milani, he knows a thing or two about football. He's yeah. the manager of the shopping centre in Navan But um they, they, there was a big banner apparently in the crowd at Crow Park about something to the effect: "Mayo's curse will won't go away." Sam is going to Ty- Tyrone today. Oh
4: dear! Oh dear! Yeah, <laughs> so, they were determined. They, <laughs> they were determined. They even put they, it in writing, says you. And
5: you know, you know, when, as, as you probably know, I was playing golf up in the North of Ireland a few weeks, uh, three weeks ago, and in the. British Open for visually impaired Mm. and blind golfers. Now, I'm not blind, but I'm visually impaired.
4: And you're modest as well. Are you not going to tell us now you were a big winner up there?
5: Well, yeah, I, well, I did actually win it, yes.
4: You did, you did,
5: yes. congratulations. I thought that's why I was going to be on the programme today.
4: Yes, you are. <laughs> we got stuck in, <laughs> we got <laughs> stuck into the match.
5: I had prepared a lot of soccer, Alison, <laughs> to be boasting and said, I'm not great, and didn't I get a great party? <laughs> and there you are, asking me about the poor man. I know, course. I'm
4: terrible, I'm terrible. But so, so you won the hand of British Open for the blind and visually impaired golfers.
5: That's correct, yes. Yeah. This is a phenomenal.
4: Yes. Phenomenal achievement, Eddie.
5: It was it came Now it was my ninth time playing in the British Open. And on one occasion before I came close. It was over in Cheshire a couple of years ago. Mm. I came close. But uh I thought that was the you know, that was it for me. I'd be re- in you know, in the retirement bin. Oh. However, I was given kind of a one last go and it I have to say I was very lucky, it came right for me. Up at uh, Galgorm Castle in County Antrim, a uh, fortnight ago.
4: And did seasons. did you have massive celebrations? I said that's fantastic achievement. It's brilliant. Well done to you.
5: Thank you very much. It, it, I I was so uh, you know. All the stuff that happens to your life, and mm. you know playing football in all of the fun I played a minor final. I won't tell you which year, Alison, because then you'll be working out <laughs>
6: <laughs> what age I have
5: and that that's not that's a state secret by the way, but, <laughs> but nevertheless, nevertheless, I never expected I really didn't i would expect to win. I was hoping I'd do well, yeah. and maybe get in the top three yes you know but to win it, it it's it's, um, it's just a defining moment in my career with golf anyway and it's not been a great career or anything now you know I'm just an average golfer
4: Well I mean you were always uh, involved in sport. I mean you're going back to the leaving cert there playing for Mayo you know so right up to now right. you're, yeah, you're, you're was, a winner
5: It was strange because in my leaving cert year I was training with the Mayo senior team and I actually played with the Mayo Junior Team uh, after Christmas in the comic Championship and we went to the comic Final. So I thought that'd be that. But they kept bringing me out to training in Catholic. Now I was in boarding school, not because I was wealthy or anything, but because it was the, an, an option we had at the time it, and so on. But never, you know, training with the Mayo Senior Team, never thought I'd get to play. But then I was picked to play for the, in the comic Championship and they didn't play me in the first round because I wasn't finished my final exam. But the replay against Sligo was, I think, about two days after my last exam. And there I was talking out. For Mayo, I couldn't believe it. Well, could not believe it.
4: Fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Well, look, I'm t- where is the trophy by the way? Where is it up on the mantelpiece? Where, whereabouts have you got
5: it? I, I've, hi- I've hidden it underneath the bed. Of course.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's mine, that's mine.
5: No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not, i <laughs> no, but, you know, we, can I tell you where a, a most unusual thing that's happened? Alison, if we have time...
4: Go on, we're running out of time, but please do. Go okay. on, go on, off you just go. At,
5: on the way up to the event in in in, uh, in County Antrim, my guy, Tommy Gerty, brought me to a little village called Arbo, mm. And in there, in a the pub and restaurant in Arbo was a big crowd of former Tyrone players, the president of just Tyrone GAA and everything. And why? Because I had written this song years ago, mm. the, the green fields round Arbo for feeling me about me and that's why they were there and that was put icing on the cake for the whole oh. week. It's been the year I'm so happy but you know I'm so sad for the Mayo team also.
4: But look, you know, they have another chance at it. They can go again. That's the main you thing know, they
5: can go we again. You know, we, we, we are just like that Nobody in Mayo faults any of the team. Yeah. You know, our manager is just that we realise that they and uh, uh, they played as well as they I think on that day, Tyrone would have beaten any team. Yeah, well, look, no.
4: yeah, no, they were absolutely fantastic. And as we said, Eddie, they can go again. But we've run out of time, Eddie. Just want to okay. congratulate you again, the winner Not of the vote. Hand of British Open for the blind and visually impaired. Congratulations and thanks a million for joining us here on the. My pleasure,
5: my pleasure, entirely being with you.
4: Thank you, Eddie. Take care. We'll Gour take my <laughs> god. Welcome back to The Late Lunch. What a fantastic guest to have, Eddie Maguire. I mean, just a champion himself. I'm delighted for him and his big win in Antrim. uh, Just an absolutely brilliant character. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're here until half past three. Text the show on 086 1800 658 or you can email us at info at lmfm.ie and text in here saying, do you believe in the curse that was put on the Mayo team after their last win 70 years ago? and I don't. I don't believe in curses but I have heard my mother sometimes given a bit of a curse. I'm not really sure but <laughs> I think that those ones work. Um, still to come on the show, Donal O'Donoghue will be talking to us about how his gran sent him to Paris with uh, a lot of Irish treats for a very special mystery woman. Uh, but first, Wally the Walrus is having a rare old time in his adventures. He was first spotted in Valencia Island um, off the coast of Kerry and then he's, <laughs> he's since made his way up over to the UK, France. He sank a few boats. <laughs> seen in Kerry as well, but I know on his way back to Kerry, hopefully. But was seen in uh, Cork recently as well. And the first person to spot this gorgeous creature is Alan Hulhin. Alan, how are you? Hi, Alison. How are we doing? I do, I do. You know what? I just never tire of this story. I'm following Wally <laughs> Wally's adventures now on Facebook, and uh, I mean, I absolutely love this animal. You saw him first. Tell us about that, day.
6: So um, myself and my daughter were out um, having a little adventure down by the shore and um, lo and behold, she spots this thing coming out of the water and um, I I first thought it was a seal so we went down to investigate. I took out the camera and um, this this huge creature came out of the water and perched itself up on the rock near where we were um, adventuring and um <laughs> he yeah, must have been
4: I, uh, like what is this what is that
6: i like it was huge it was absolutely massive yeah. and um kind of seen the tusks and then realized it was a walrus and um i it was it was amazing like um
4: i always remember you saying at the time that you feared for him because he didn't look great
6: oh no he he was he he, he was given the odd tremble and everything. I know. I I thought I thought yeah that um um, that, that he wasn't well but he, he was fine out maybe he was just hung over <laughs> I, I
4: don't know if anybody is following Wally the walrus who made his it, the first sighting of a walrus here in I don't know decades I mean I think it was maybe back in the 1800s or something maybe one was seen but uh, this beautiful creature now is like climbing up <laughs> onto boats and sinking them and rolling around the place and just seems to be delighted with himself
6: Oh yeah, he, he he seems to be thriving. Thank God. Um, so like, um, yeah, no, my 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 initial fear is gone now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm here by the coast now, and every time I pass the coast now, I'm scanning up and down oh. just to see if I can see anything.
4: Yes. And, yeah. you know, like, I mean, he, he's he gone over to the UK, he went down to France, he was seen in Cork. And of course, we've all been warned now to stay away because he was injured um, and people were getting too close. I mean, I, I never understand this. I never understand this with people like when it comes to, you know, animals. You They're used to the wildlife. They're not used to you. So just stay back. It's so simple, you know, just stay back yeah. from them. But... Um, where do I, you th- to, to be
6: honest, I don't yeah. think this guy's too bothered. Um, <laughs> he, he's just going to do his own thing in the story. Like He's just going to sit there and just yeah, yeah. see if he'd be resting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but,
4: and uh, yeah. do you think uh, he's trying to make his way home or maybe he's coming back to you, Alan? I I, I don't know. Like um, So
6: I, I only discovered yesterday from you that um, that's, um, there's, there's a female counterpart now yes. um, after being spotted okay. in Germany.
4: Is this uh, the mother now saying, all right, you've had your fun, let's go? No, I, I'd say it's the missus. <laughs> don't, don't.
6: <laughs> I'd say he's in a bit of trouble. You've got
4: responsibilities, get yeah, home yeah, to yeah, the back Arctic.
6: Back <laughs> Back to your cubs. What are you doing messing around here in your gap here?
4: <laughs> You've left me with the kids. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 only a matter of time before they find each other, isn't it? Isn't it really weird that at the same time, in such a short space of time between them, that they've both arrived and they've yeah, never I, been seen I, I before? Is
6: it, is, it, is it going to be a common sight now in the next couple of years or what? um it's, um, it, 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 it's one to watch anyway.
4: It really is, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, they are fascinating creatures and uh, I think we'll just have to continue and, and uh, watch the Wally the Walrus adventures on Facebook <laughs> to come <laughs> back to you. I'm expecting a book from you, Alan, now. A little oh, There there,
6: there, there, has, there has been a book um, published.
4: But there hasn't been one by you
6: oh no 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 no, um no, <laughs> no it, it, yeah I had, I had to to compete with that now um, yeah, no it was Toyed with with a with a couple of locals here, but um since since a Welsh girl did a book and it's fab it's it's Lovely. available on amazon it's um amazing. but um it's 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 well done all right she sent over a copy um but um it's a yeah, fantastic
4: no. children's story though.
6: Oh, it is, yeah. I, I reckon I reckon once Pixar get their hands in it now will we'll, we'll have a story.
4: There you go. There you um, go, that's, yeah. yeah, it'll be like <laughs> we'll Coco, have. yeah, absolutely uh, yeah. And, No, um, absolutely. I, if,
6: if we can get Anthony Fitzgerald, you know the guy that did the walrus impression to do the voiceover of Wally that would not be just perfect.
4: Well you see like, you know, there's so many possibilities because it's such an exotic creature and the size of him and he's just so relaxed and he's having a great time and he's feeding on all this fresh fish in Irish waters and European waters and it's only a matter of time before boy meets girl and they're going to they're going to meet up yeah, <laughs> there's yeah, only yeah. two of them down here they're going to find each other <laughs>
6: <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it be um, um, the, the, the story of the decade
4: really wouldn't it yeah little babies then we're expecting little babies <laughs> <laughs> anyway Alan as a pleasure it's a, always a pleasure to talk to you and Thanks, uh, I look forward to speaking to you soon okay
6: alright happy Monday
4: <laughs> <laughs> alright Alan you take right. care cheers that's Alan Houlihan there who was the first person to spot Wally the Walrus. Now we'll take a song World of Our Own by Westlife. Welcome back to The Late Lunch with me Alison O'Reilly. Please get in touch with us. We're here till half past three. The text number as always is 086 1800 658 or you can email us at info at lmfm.ie I've got a lovely text in here. Welcome back Alison. Enjoying the show today. Getting me through the day at work. Was out last night. Hanging on now. Was worth it though after the lockdown. Can't say know to these nights out I can I'm terrible I'm a real like party pooper I just can't drink anymore I can't stay out late anymore I'm tired all the time maybe it's just old age maybe, <laughs> maybe that's all it is but actually I was one of those people who didn't mind the lockdown <laughs> So, I was very happy to stay in my house on my own, uh, Billy No-Mates. But I suppose I was working every day, so I was kept very busy. So um, unfortunately, I still haven't had my night out and I don't really know if I want to. So there you go. I don't know if anyone else is in my corner, but that's that's me. I like my little space. But anyway, um, I was reading some gorgeous articles in Woman's Way and online recently. Navin an author and Ross and Ruin actor Donal O'Donoghue is on the line now. Donal,
3: how are you? Hi, Alex. I'm well, thank you. And How are you? I'm
4: great. I'm great. Your articles, your columns recently are absolutely gorgeous. Autumn friends. Oh, I love that one. Oh, little friends. And also, (laughs) I love this. I love this story about your Granny Kay. Or would we call her Miss Marple?
3: Well, she was like a Miss Marple. Absolutely. She was like this uh, Irish detective. Yeah. uh, so yes, yeah, so, so, so my my granny passed away twenty years ago, mm. um, but we were very very close. Um, we had this lovely lovely friendship almost more so than like a granny grandson son type of relationship Yeah, um, we, you know it uh, was just lovely and I miss her dearly but and of all the memories I have of her and all the stories that I have the one that always jumps out is the one about Kerrygold butter yeah. actually, it was Kerry, Kerrygold cheese I know we often associate Kerrygold with butter but in terms of my granny and her story it was actually Kerrygold cheese and it was the blue cheese though very specific very specific yes Blue cheese, exactly. And uh, an opportunity came up in Woman's Way um, a couple of issues ago to write about um, something related to food. And every time I think of food, um, I think of this story with my granny. Um, So so basically, back in the 70s, before I was born, um, the Irish Independent ran an advertisement on behalf of Kerrygold Blue Cheese. And the advertisement consisted of a French woman sitting on the Champs-Élysées, having a coffee, and underneath it was uh, a quote from this woman. Her name was uh, Madame André. And Madame André said that, as of all the cheeses in the world, her favourite is Gold's Irish Blue. So, you know, you understand why that advertisement would run. French, obviously, are famed for being, you know, food connoisseurs, and you know, particularly with cheese. They're, they're still well known for that. Um, but my granny was having absolutely... None of us. She didn't believe it at all. I love this, yeah. She thought Carrie Gold had set the whole thing up. She didn't believe that this Madame André existed. She just thought that it was just some model that they just used the image from and, and all this. So she wrote a letter. She wrote a letter to Madame André because by coincidence, I don't think you'd have this too often these days because of privacy, but by coincidence, her address, Madame André's address, was under the advertisement.
4: Now, this, that was the question I wanted to ask you because um, I thought that's serious investigative journalism. Your granny was 83 at the time and she was sniffing out this story and I was like, how did, how did your nanny find this woman? OK, so she printed the address.
3: So, so, in the advertisements, they'd print the address. It's not crazy to think that they would just put, you know, yeah. a normal person's address <laughs> in an advertisement on a national paper. Mm. But maybe in the 70s, I don't know, it was a different mm. time maybe, and there was more trust in the world. But uh, sure enough, the address is there. So, my granny, who actually, she wasn't 83 at the time. She was 83 when she passed Oh, when away. she passed, Okay. So she was a little bit younger, so ah, she was yeah. in, in, in her 60s back then. Um, so she, ha- yeah, so she, she took pencil paper and she wrote Madame André a letter basically demanding to know whether she existed <laughs> or not.
4: Fake news. She was calling so, out the fake news at the absolutely.
3: time. Absolutely. You know, decades before the rest of us started calling out <laughs> fake news, my granny was on something. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so she wrote and the days passed, the weeks passed and nothing arrived in the post. Until one morning and a letter came from Madame Andre saying, yes, I do exist. And then she went on to describe why she knew uh, Karen Gold, Irish Shea so well. It turns out that a couple of months before the advertisement ran, she had honeymooned in Ireland. She travelled all along the West Coast. I'm not sure if she came to me either loud or not, but she had mentioned that she had travelled all the way down to Kerry and Cork and all down there in Munster. Um, and that's when she discovered the, the blue cheese. And then just by coincidence, she was there on the champs one day, one Saturday afternoon, having coffee and croissants, I'd imagine. And a representative from Kerry Gold came up and said, Do you know these cheeses? Do you know our uh, butter, our products? And he said, Actually, I do. And that's how the advertisements came about. Wow. Unbelievable, so, isn't it? So, absolutely. So, I couldn't believe it. She
4: and your nanny was, was just it. questioning everything, which is remarkable.
3: Uh, well, absolutely, um, but then fast forward about twenty three years later. Yeah, because it doesn't
4: stop there. She oh, still has no. a, she still has the bug for this story.
3: It, absolutely, absolutely, and I don't know if the next part of the story is related to her own curiosity <laughs> or whether she was a little bit I don't know still sceptical about the yeah. whole situation. But nonetheless, she she discovers that I was coming to Paris to visit some friends. I was in college at the time, so it was about 2001. And my granny called me, and she said, "Will you come over, there's something I need you to do. So I just thought it was the usual, you know, uh, maybe get rid of the spider or, I don't know, address something like a, a leaking tap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, so that's when she told me for the very first time about this story. So she took out the cuttings from the paper. She took out the letter she had received from Madame André. And she said, will you do me a favour? Will you take this as a parcel? She would already bought the parcel. Um, of Irish products, Irish chocolates, Irish cheese, obviously. Whiskey and, and everything been... in that parcel. So the works, absolutely. Wow. Good. And she said, will you drop it off <laughs> in Madame André's house? Just knock on her door. Knocking her door round. I said, I can't do that. You can't just rock up to somebody's house. Knocking the door. Yes, said, you, you can, she said. Well, that's exactly what she said. She said, absolutely, you can and you must. So after a little bit of bartering and all the rest, I said, yes, okay, I'll do it. So I convinced my two friends who were um, living in Paris at the time. They were, uh, they were Irish, Irish as well. So they joined me. So we just thought this was ridiculous. We didn't expect her to answer the door because, as I say, years have passed, so she could either have moved on elsewhere or mm. she could easily you know, have passed away, you know, yeah. thirty thirty odd years later. Um, so... We went, we went and we, they, we took, so it took, this is before Google Maps, so it took us an age to find the actual place.
4: Yeah, had the paper map in your hand
3: and asking Absolutely.
4: people. Absolutely. Well,
3: yeah. I was a scout back in the day, so, okay. you know, me maps, yes. No the problem, compass, no. everything. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, so there we were, you know, tracing around um, a beautiful suburb in Paris. Um, and we came, we came eventually to the street and uh, they were all like, you know, those, uh, kind of like Georgian houses, I'd imagine, uh, maybe like six or eight apartments within the one building. So there was an intercom uh, machine beside the front door and all the names were listed. So almost like with our eyes half closed, we went through and just to see was there an Andre family. Um, and sure enough, number four, there was Madame the Andre. Um, so we said, well, she is still here. So let's, let's try, let's see. Will she, first of all, remember? And second of all, will she maybe come down and say hello? Or will she even allow us to come in? So we rang, we explained in French who we were, and of course she remembers. She had her own, the advertisement. the copy of the advertisement hung above her toilet. Mm -hmm. Um, and the letter, she, apparently she had told so many people about this letter she had received from my grandmother, <laughs> this furious Monaghan woman yeah. from Ireland who didn't believe it at all. So she was absolutely delighted to welcome us in. And, uh, and we spent the best part of an hour there uh, talking about, you know, her honeymoon, talking about my granny, talking about things in general. Um, but I, at the end, I said no you have to take a picture with me because I don't want my granny to be yeah. suspicious, taking that myself and my friends. I'd right. run off at the Hanford. <laughs> you know.
4: And partied all weekend.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So we, we took the picture um, and then we obviously got it printed out. This before, you know, phones and all the rest, had to do the old-fashioned way of getting it printed out down in the local chemist. Um, so we did. We got, we got the picture printed out and then I returned. To, I actually rang her. I rang her that evening to tell her so she was absolutely over the moon and obviously uh the best part to check out the cake was when i came home and i showed her the picture mm. so she was absolutely thrilled yeah. and then and then, um, kind of a sad note to the story that uh you know about a month later madame andre wrote to my granny to thank her obviously for the parcel and it was one of the few the last few letters my granny received because she died you know soon after that and um, but, but it was funny because, you know, when I wrote this story Four Women's Way and even at the funeral back then, my granny's funeral, so few people had actually heard about this. My mother had never heard about it. My aunts never heard about this story at all. Um, so you know when the story came out moments away there last month, all oh, my aunts were calling me, going, "Is this true? Is this true?" And so obviously they had inherited my, my granny's kind of suspicious mind, like this can't be true. Yeah. But I had the pictures to prove it, and I had the advertising to prove it, and all the rest.
4: Oh, it's so. just, it's a remarkable story. Now we're we're speaking to Donald O'Donohue here, author, and he's he's telling us about this fantastic story with his granny Kay, where <laughs> the Irish blue cheese story, where uh, his grandmother. Didn't believe that Miss Andre existed, and that she sent him over there with the parcel, and they were swapping letters. And eventually, she got to the bottom of the story through you. But you—you've probably inherited that sort of detective investigative journalism. I mean, you're a writer now, you know, and um, so it, it yes. was in you. I think. Did you, did you? Would you like to credit your your granny Kay with your
3: talents? Uh, I will happily do that. Absolutely, i will happy to do that. You know, she, she, Granny was the wonderful person for newspapers and magazines. Honestly, right. so today, magazines and newspapers, they've, they've changed so much. Mm-hmm. We get our information online, we get yeah. it on Facebook. Uh, Radio, thankfully, is still flourishing because Irish people, you know, we love to talk and we love to listen. Um, so I am not sure what, what my Granny would have thought of today's uh, media. You know, I'm not sure if she would have of it to, to Facebook or Twitter. But back in the day, she loved uh, newspapers what she used to always do she used to cut out little articles Yes um, My granny did that too Yeah isn't it wonderful they Yeah, used to take the yeah. Out and if they saw something that they thought we were interested in they cut them and then she'd gather them in a little envelope and Yes saw,
4: and kept very letters. they were great for keeping things so perfect in little folders and dating them and now don't cut the date off no, right, need absolutely. the date. Need to yes. know when that was done. My granny, May Jiggins from like she was just a huge inspiration. She was like that as well. She was a writer. She was always sniffing things out. And um, I remember I did the seal rescue story down in Wicklow years and years ago. And my granny um her family are from, from Wicklow. And uh, her sister, she's passed on now, Maria, had sent her this article of me at this seal rescue. And my nanny had the article there. All day. It's like she... The newspaper, you know, perfectly (laughs) laid out for me. And she just said, I just have one thing to say, Alison your skirt is too short. <laughs> and I said, Nanny, that's actually my coat. That's gone down to my oh, th- I've <laughs> jeans underneath. But uh, they were they they were remarkable women back in the day. To actually, you know, a lot of people just things took things at face value, didn't they? That's an absolutely. ad on television. That means it's it's true.
3: Well, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier on that term fake news, and obviously that's a very common phrase yeah. at the moment because there is so much fake news. Because back in the day, you know, to get something printed, you had to have, uh, you know, you had to be a proper official journalist, Mm -hmm. a professional Mm -hmm. journalist. But today you can put any information you like online. And and that's why conspiracy theories, you know, have just mushrooms. And so I I really like the idea that even back then, despite the fact that, yes, it's in print, doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. So you have to do a little bit of investigation Mm -hmm. to double check. Now, my granny was a nurse. You know, so I'm not sure if that kind of stood her in good stead, that idea that you have to be really, really, you know, diligent in terms of everything and double check mm-hmm. everything. Um, but it's definitely, you know, something I have, uh, I've learned. Because I think the Irish in general, we have a, you know, I don't know, you know, what relationship we have with truth. I don't know. If, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we, just, you know we, we don't allow it to get in the way of a good story, sometimes, <laughs> you know, so we can kind of just talk and talk and talk. Um, but Granny, anyway, she was very much, oh, OK, hold on a second, let's just. You know, have a look at here, just to make sure everything's accurate and as it should be. And um, I think that, that's a wise lesson for us all. You know, just to double check things.
4: But it must have been a big, large slice of humble pie for your granny as well, though, when Miss Andre <laughs> wrote back to her. <laughs> in your uh, face nanny yeah,
3: absolutely <laughs> absolutely but I actually you know, I, I, I think she should have written a letter to Kerrygold to apologise for advertising for them um, <laughs> you know.
4: but I think it was it was remarkable of your granny to question it but not just that she must it must have sat with her for a long time in order to prepare a parcel to go out and do all of that to organise for you to go over to give you the address all of those things she must have felt inside well I this is a, a bit of a an apology. So she did kind of make her peace with Miss Andre and Kerry Gold in a roundabout way, sending you I off think, to
3: yeah. Paris. Absolutely. my granny was a wonderful woman for being prepared. Like she'd yeah. have her Christmas presents, you know, in the summer. She'd have everything months in advance ready to go. Um, so when she'd heard that I was going to Paris, obviously the first thing she did was she thought, yes, after I'm gonna make amends here for doubting this, this lovely French woman and Carrie Gold cheese and off she went to um put together a beautiful hamper um, full of Irish produce. You know, Ireland we have some of the most beautiful food mm. in the world, you know, some of our chocolates and our cheese and all that produce. So uh and as you mentioned earlier, on whiskey and bailey's and whatnot. Yeah. So so this gentleman was absolutely delighted to to receive that. Um but yeah, so in a way she did my granny did make amends.
4: Yes. Uh, she for did. for being a
3: doubting Thomas, you know And
4: that's, that shows what a wonderful woman she was. So here's to Kay.
3: Yes, thank you. Yes, today. It's, okay. it's yes, a
4: fantastic it's okay. story in Woman's Way. Donald, thank you so much. And before you go, um, Donald, I just want to say to you, you know, I know that you're very well known around Nathan and your and your family are as well. So a lot of people would like to express their sympathy on the recent death of your sister, Deirdre, as well.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, very
4: sorry for your loss.
3: Yeah, it's it's been it's been a very difficult challenging few months as you can imagine but and there are very few silver linings when it comes to death particularly somebody so young as my sister but you know something that has really given us so much strength and support um was the love we received from from the community from our friends from our neighbours from our colleagues and um and it really has, you know, power to, to kind of get up in the morning and, and to continue on. So, uh, so if anybody out there has, you know, passed on this to us, whether that's on OIP.ie or in person or through a card, thank you so much. It just means the world to our family.
4: Well, thanks very much, Don. Thanks for sharing and uh, condolences to you. And what a wonderful story about your granny. Thanks for joining us here on
3: The Late Lunch thanks a million Alison best of luck
4: bye bye take care now um, it's the late lunch and I'm Alison O'Reilly feel free to give us a shout on 086 1800 658 or drop us an email at info at lmfm.ie now still to come on the show we're going to hear from a Montessori school who got a royal letter uh, so that's very exciting and I was just thinking you know I know somebody else who'd like a royal letter but there you go I might reveal that the next time I'm down if I'm down again and uh, Ashley Lowell will be here to talk about donating food from her cousin's funeral to the homeless and how soldiers are contacting her for food now also so that's still to come on the show here on the late lunch and do you know i was just wondering if somebody would be able to help me with a little problem i have at home at the moment i have this pigeon in my garden right and i know a lot of people don't like pigeons but i i don't mind them and um there's a pigeon in my back garden since yesterday now he's able to fly And he's been up and down, uh, but there's something wrong with him. Um, He's puffed up. He sat in a bowl of water from 10 o'clock to about five o'clock yesterday. I went out twice to try and catch him to see what's wrong. Looks like there's something wrong with his beak, but he's drinking water nonstop. I rang the wildlife hospital in uh, Navan, and they said try and catch him and get him into the veterinary hospital. Being puffed up obviously means there's something wrong. He's either injured or he's unwell. I can't catch him. Because he can fly. Now, he lets me get very close to him. I've tried with a sheet. I've tried with a kind of a net. um, But no, as soon as I get too close, he's gone. Uh, But he needs help. And I want to get him in somewhere um, because he's going to be eaten by a cat or something. So if anyone has any ideas about how I can catch this sick pigeon... I would really appreciate it because I'm conscious of the fact that he's probably sitting in my garden now and there's a black and white cat that just loves my garden because of all the little birds. So if you have any ideas at all to help me uh, capture this very sick pigeon, I know, as I said, I know a lot of people don't like them and he is a feral pigeon, but still, I wouldn't like to see it come to any harm. So if you can text me on 086 1800 658, I'd really appreciate it because I really don't know what to do. Do you like pigeons, Louise? I'm not. I wasn't mad about them. I used to say they were the rats of the sky but then you saw Oh, that's an awful thing to say. (laughs) But then, but then I started feeding. You see, my granny loved the birds and she was like, oh, don't forget to feed the birds and leave water out. So I started feeding the little ones, you know, the sparrows, the finches, all of that. And then, of course, when you're doing that, they all come. They all arrive, mm-hmm. and then when I go out the back, there's about a hundred waiting for me. Then the seagulls popped in. Then they were all breeding. It was chaos during the summer. A <laughs> lot of cleaning to do, but I don't mind. I was uh, say that a lot of cleaning. There is. I, well, I power hose the garden um, once a week if I can. Now I was down a power hose because my mother took hers back and I kept saying you buy a new one and leave that one <laughs> leave <laughs> that one there with me uh, and I, of course that didn't go down yeah, well. that so I've returned that and I bought a new one recently um, so I do clean up after them and you have to as well because you know they carry salmonella Bird poo, all of that. And I've dogs and I don't want them being sick. Mm. However,
1: I've kind of fenced off the birds dogs. not chase them or did the dogs not chase them. Yeah, they the birds, do. They?
4: The dogs have been very bold, but I've kind of fenced off the end of the garden now so the birds don't come up the garden. But I've been watching this sick bird. I don't care like I know they're feral and all of that, but I would still prefer to get him in somewhere and well, out of my garden.
1: I know we have a lot of people that listen that um are actually race pigeons so you never know Might never know able to help well you. text us
4: in let me know we'll take a break and uh, hopefully you can help me with my little problem welcome back to The Late Lunch with me Alison O'Reilly please send us a text on oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. 0861800658 or you can email us at info at lmfm.ie. And coming up on the show, we've got some very happy four-year-olds, Montessori little babies, little tiny babies. Do you remember those days, Montessori? It was actually called play school when we were um, going to play school. And uh, they received a letter from a princess. So I'm very excited to hear about that. That's coming up a little bit later on in the show. But first, we've got Ashling Balf, who's on the... Or sorry, Ash. <laughs> I've all the names mixed up now. Ashling Lowe. <laughs> how are you Ashling? H- Hello Alison, how are you? Oh, I'm getting everything all wrong here this morning. Or this afternoon even, even I don't even know what time zone I'm in now. <laughs> you're, um, you're running the food banks and you're... Yeah, the Mead food Bank. Yeah, and so t- tell us about this idea. You're donating food from your cousin's funeral to the homeless.
0: Um, Yeah, my my cousin Joanne, unfortunately, she passed away quite suddenly at the age of 29.
4: I'm very sorry to hear that. um,
0: Yeah, it was so sudden. We're still very much in shock as a family. Um, She got quite ill after her first vaccination, but she's had serious heart condition from a child, you know, Mm but to participate in all of her wonderful activities that she had throughout her life she had to ha- she was told she had to have the vaccination to participate and like this year she was she was uh, chosen for the special olympics to do floorball and she was also a valued member of the arch club and she had an awful lot of friends there. Joanne had special needs, and she was just the life and soul of the family. And... Um and she has a twin sister, Bridget, who's absolutely heartbroken and devastated.
4: Oh, I'm sure, the loss yeah. Of
0: her sister, you but we, know. we do have to
4: say, though, as well, Ashling, it is very important to have the vaccine as well. Though we we do have to say that as part of the government guidelines. But she she's passed away suddenly recently, and uh, as a massive gesture, you donated food from from the funeral. Tell me, uh, tell yeah, me, we, why why did you come up with that idea?
0: Well, it wasn't me. It was it was my aunt kaki. My aunt kaki and um, always kind of you know taught the girls you know you have to help you know wherever you can. And the girls were very good. They've always helped with you know little donations here and there. And Joanne was always such a kind you know thoughtful uh, young woman. You know um, she always put others before herself and animals and everything. So it was in her memory because she always done okay, little things yeah. to help the homeless
4: yes that's lovely that's a lovely thing so how do you go about that so the food at the funeral you wanted to donate that what What did you do
0: yeah there was like people are so kind um, you know the house my auntie's house is like a full house always you know and um, it's just it's it's where we always land the whole family, you know. If there's anything wrong, or you know, she's really a saint. She's the matriarch of the family, and um, we had so many people coming, you know, so many kind people coming, you know, to pay respects. Mm. Uh, with 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 Joanne dying so suddenly, um, that they brought lots of beautiful cakes and. You know supermarket cakes and buns mm. and everything like there was over 50 cakes at least and i was able to get them transported uh, up to dublin with mark farrell and with his fan he's he's a great help to the food bank and um, we were able to get them transported up to dublin um, so that the homeless would have cake and tea yesterday at the soup on table.
4: Oh, wow. That's such a yeah. lovely thing to do. And lovely fresh cakes and everything. So you, might, you you would have had to transport them really quickly.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, no, not really, because all of these cakes, like, they would be, you know, the supermarket cakes yeah. that would have mm. really good date on them. Mm-hmm. So we can get them up. You know, it, it, there's a couple, I think there's a couple of months on them. But I'm still... There were lovely cakes, and the homeless, you know, they love a little treat with their cup of tea. You know, that's so really Linda nice. Thing. Harrington, that runs yeah. Friends, House of Friends, was absolutely thrilled. Yes, you know. Yesterday, she was able to hand them out at the
4: soup room table Fantastic. with coffee and tea. Yeah, you know, and also there's children that go to that table too. Oh, look! So, I've seen them. I've, I've, I went up to the one on Grafton Street a couple of evenings, um, yeah. and uh, I the the food that's there is oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's it really amazing. is, and a lot of children there too, which is very hard. And this to year watch. now
0: again, the Mead Food Bank. We do our walking for the homeless walk every year without fail and we walk from Trim to Dublin to Phoenix Park and it's 55.6 kilometres and it's on the 7th of November this year okay. and um, we leave Trim at 7.30am and we arrive in Dublin at 6 and in our sponsorship we only ask that people donate um, Aldi gift cards or Um, little gift cards. We don't actually take physical cash. Okay. Because all of the soup runs, they're non profit organizations that do this. Okay. Now Yashig you're you're last year year in the lockdown we raised fourteen and a half thousand euro in little vouchers. And the year before that we raised eighteen and a half thousand. So this is our year five So if anybody out there wants to participate in the walk this year, all you have to do is just contact the Mead Food Bank page or the Walking for the Homeless page.
4: And can I just ask you now, Ashling, you set up the Mead Food Bank in 2014, is that right?
0: No, it would have been 2017. Okay. In 2014, I volunteered as a volunteer in Dublin feeding the homeless.
4: Right. Okay, so you were at the cold face there. You saw how bad it was. It's particularly bad in Dublin.
0: Well, back then, I can tell you, I can tell you, Alison, we were seeing figures with maybe 250 homeless people per night. Right. Now the figures are up to 400 plus homeless people a night.
4: On the street now? On the street. I didn't think it was that high now, the figures.
0: Yeah, it is. It's that high. Now, the thing is you have all spectrums of homelessness. So you could have children and their families coming from emergency accommodation that have no cooking facilities.
4: Yeah. And well, this is the thing. I think that's what people forget as well. That oh. this, it's not just homeless people on the street. You think of homelessness and you think it's people living yeah. on the street, but it's actually temporary accommodation. And I've been, oh, yeah. I've done loads on that. that. Yeah, it's not terrible. only
0: that, Alison, it's elderly people who are just paying their heat, mm. their rent and their ESV and they have nothing left for, you know, a meal. Because at the it, end and of the this
4: week. is yeah, this is something extra for them. But I was quite intrigued um about the um the fact that soldiers have been contacting you for food. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. How is that possible? Yeah. Why? how why? Um there's a couple of a couple of men, you know, in in, in Trim mm. that will be part of, you know, the soldiers in need. Yeah. And um they actually told me that we have soldiers who are in need of food and um, Cahill Rogers was actually the man who told me. And I said, That is so disgraceful. Well, over the years I've gotten to know all of these soldiers. Like I have maybe ten on my list. Yeah. There's some there there's there was one in Summerhill.
4: Well don't name them now. A few. Oh no 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 no. no.
0: no. But just to, I'll tell you for the, the places around the county so you have an idea. Mm. So we'd cover Navin, Trim and then
4: Summerhill. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. And
4: is is it's just low
0: wages or? their pension it's just mm. so bad mm. um, a lot of these a lot of these men these good men would um pay private rent
4: okay yeah yeah and you know, so that goes that's a huge huge hole in the pocket after you pay private rent for anybody for anybody you know who's on a small wage it's, it's a fa- it's absolutely yeah.
0: crippling families in county Mead. it's wow. criminal
4: it's funny because you know as I said people think when you they, when they think of homelessness they think it's people on the street but it's the people in the temporary accommodation who are living um you know from paycheck to paycheck and yeah, they're scrimping maybe. and yeah and scrimping and saving and I did I I see it what did you make of the Dublin City Councillor manager Owen Keegan's comments recently where he said you know that people like yourselves are not helping the homeless sector um by feeding them
0: I can tell you, Alison, that only for these people, only for these people out on the street and the people like me and my group that support them, the homeless would have nowhere to go. It's not just a soup table. It's, (coughs) sorry, excuse me. It's a family behind that soup table for a homeless person. For somebody, for they, they turn around, they can talk to people about their problems. The volunteers are not just volunteers; they're social workers. They're everything. They're mm. family social workers, and uh, mummies, you name it.
4: But that I've I've give, also I've seen here, as well give uh, the
0: support to the homeless people. It's not just for food; it's for clothing, mm. a tent, a sleeping bag everything But they the do haircuts and everything tree.
4: don't they they hair do ha- yeah everything It's it's dignity mm. you know I've seen it. I've seen it myself. I've seen it where people are, you know, going for job interviews and they're getting a loan of a suit or they're getting a suit from a kitchen, you know, from a soup kitchen. You know, I'm not talking about a designer suit, but they do go to get things to look smart and then they get a shave and a haircut and everything because they just cannot afford that extra few bob for those things um, to try and get them out of that black hole that they're in.
0: Well, like that. All the soup runs now that we're, we're going to be supporting this year, same as last year on the walk, um, they're all amazing people. Uh, one of them is Friends and Friends, a Lending Hands, the Valley Mum Soup Run, the Homeless Street Cafe, Friends of the Homeless, Scrubs Up and Hope in the Darkness. And then we add the need food Bank in as well because we also help people who who are in homeless accommodation in County Mead.
4: Well, look, give us the details for your online um, websites and Facebook pages.
0: No problem. So there's the Walking for the Homeless page, And that's on Facebook. And then there's the Mead Food Bank page. If anybody would like to donate uh, supermarket vouchers or non-perishable foods, we're situated at Clonard House in Navin.
4: Brilliant stuff, Ashley. That's Ashley Lowe there from the Mead Food Bank. Ashley, thanks for joining us here on the late no lunch. No problem,
0: I'm sorry. I'm choking.
4: No, it's okay. You go and get yourself a hot lemon drink or something. Oh,
0: you know what? I have the matriarch of the family, my auntie Khaki, uh, roaring down at the phone, phone to me yesterday saying, Make sure you get a me in and That's it. make sure you get a spoonful of honey now when you're speaking on that radio. Yeah. So and I'd just like to say good morning to all my family and friends who are listening in. Um, hello and um and um thanks to everybody who supported my aunt and my family um in the rough week we've just had.
4: Well, thanks very much for sharing with us, Aisling. Um, we'll let you go. That was Ashling uh, Lowe from the Mead Food Bank talking to us there about some very, very inspiring work that these soup kitchens and sh- soup runs do. We'll take a break and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to The Late Lunch with me, Alison O'Reilly, standing in for Jerry for a few days. And uh, feel free to get in touch with the show. 086 800 658. And you can email me at info at lmfm.ie.
1: Lovely little message in um for yourself, Alison, from Lehman RD. It says, Hi, you couldn't have got a better sub for Jerry. Great listener and good crack. I is say that Jerry's twin without the age. <laughs> the
4: age. <laughs> I don't know what, what age Jerry is.
1: We better not ask. Jerry celebrates sixtieth on oh, age. Okay, well week. I'm not sixty. Everybody knows Jerry's age. <laughs> I was wondering,
4: is it private? Uh, I've loads of family in RD, so I'd say that's one of my cousins, <laughs> or not. Uh, I've got a text in here as well at oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. Um, Alison, just try the old box, stick, and string with some peanuts and hide that's from Sean in Dundalk I was talking earlier about my um, little sick pigeon who's in my garden and he's just sitting there all puffed up and um, the uh, veterinary hospital in Trim said try and capture it it's clearly injured or in pain and uh, get it into us and uh, out of your garden because this old black and white cat I know it's going to hop on it Uh, he is flying and that's the problem I can't catch him so um, if you have any ideas but I'll try that Box and stick and all that and hide. (laughs) Please get into that. To safety. I'm leading you to safety. I'm not going to hurt you. Um, So we still have plenty to come on the show. We're going to be speaking to Eilish Balfe. And she's going to be telling us how the kids in Rathoat, Montessori got a letter from Kate Middleton. Do you like Kate Middleton? She's absolutely lovely, according to my mother. She loves her. Uh, Think she's a bit of a bore, a bit of a snooze fest, but she's good. She's good. She does her duties. She's all in line with the Queen. She's a great, great advocate for the the royals. Personally, I think there shouldn't be any royal families in this day and age, but there you go. That's just my opinion. Um, No judgment on anyone who thinks otherwise. And uh, Meghan Markle very controversial isn't she Louise she is controversial I was waiting for you to say that's my favourite (laughs) no no, (laughs) but I do I think she's gorgeous I think her clothes I can hear my mother now no she's not Um, she has great style and I love stunning yeah I love looking at clothes I love style I love people who keep themselves nice if you can and if you have the time to do it I love all that Uh, but my god she's a little bit of a troublemaker in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on that note <laughs> let's take a song Pat Benatar love is a battlefield the Queen's land is a battlefield well we're back into the last half hour of the late lunch here on LMFM so feel free to give us a shout on the text machine which is 0861800658 or you can email us at info at lmfm.ie I have a text here from Jim Jim, the HB Freezer Man from RD. (laughs) What a name. Good afternoon, Alison. I love that record. Love is a Battlefield. Yeah, we played uh, Pat Beneter earlier on and Jim Jim wanted to let us know that he loves that song. Keep the text coming in. Uh, Still to come on the show, we're going to be speaking to Eilish Balfe, who is running the Happy Days Preschoolers in Rathout. They got a letter from Kate. Kate Middleton. Now, I think that's fantastic. And it brought huge joy to them. And they seem to be doing these letters out to all these kind of royalty and celebs and all that. So it be quite interesting to hear that. Uh, but do, of course, get in touch with us here on the show. Uh, Louise, I want to ask you something. Did you ever do uh, yoga or breathing or meditation or anything like that? It was not something I could ever get into because my mind would be racing at 100 miles an hour, as my friends would know.
1: Uh-huh. I did the hot yoga. So that's How? yoga in 40 degrees of heat, 38 degrees of heat. I loved that? it. It was more like um it was more like a, a, an exercise rather than yeah. you know the way yoga is kind of mindful and yes, kind of slow
4: yes, mindfulness. Mm. Mm. This
1: wasn't like this was the opposite. It was you kind of like a workout. And it came out absolutely sweating. But I mean, 40 degrees. Yeah. Did you not pass out? I would have passed out. Yeah, well, I think 38 degrees or something like that. No, it was really, really hot. And Loved what? it, but COVID kind of hit then. I just didn't get, haven't got back into it yet.
4: It's all good for toxins and things, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And were well, you're soaking when you came out.
1: Oh, absolutely. From head to toe. <laughs> Me poor car. You nearly had to put about four or five blankets to even sit in it. And what do you wear? Oh, just kind of shorts or leggings, a T-shirt. That's all. Bikini. Binary, you nearly would, yeah. I'm so
4: stinking. <laughs> if you get away with it. <laughs> Hot yoga. I've heard loads about it. Do you know who used to do it? Uh, Brona Gallagher, the actress. She was a huge fan of that, she, she told in the me. Commitments? No. Yes, yeah, yeah. she was in The Commitments and she's singer and, yeah, all of those. She was yeah, in Lower Pulp Fiction.
1: Armada, yeah, from mm. used to. Well, no, she still does it, actually. It's Reopened wow. reopen now. But, um, so it's kind of like. You'd love it. Lovely soft skin afterwards. Yeah, you just feel you have the shower when you get home is amazing and you have the best night's sleep.
4: Oh, wow. Well, I've started doing yoga in the mornings since I was last here and I do the breath pod on Instagram as well. And uh, wow, I mean, I didn't think I'd ever be able to slow my mind down because it does go at a thousand miles an hour. But uh, yeah, it's like a new lease of life anyone else into yoga I'd love to hear from you because uh, I always laughed it off and said get a grip I did boot camp and all this real rigorous exercise running and all that but now it's like yoga it's my age
1: it's definitely my age I remember actually myself and Jerry did a just before lockdown Mm. we did a detox Okay, um, so we were off sugar for the week and off caffeine nearly killed me but whenever the Friday evening when I normally like to have a glass of wine Mm. I said right going to bed or whatever went to bed woke up for yoga the next morning. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of in the kind of February. So the, Mm -hmm. you know, the mornings were dark. So got up, got dressed, went downstairs, had a glass of water, kind of had a look out. Said, oh, the neighbour must be, you know, must be heading out early to rugby or whatever. Hopped into the car, started the car, reversed the car, noticed the clock. It was midnight. Stop. (laughs) You had died and woke up at midnight. I at midnight and I was heading to yoga eight hours early. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Standing at the door with your yoga mat. That's how obviously detox worked on me.
4: Wow. I gave up coffee about four weeks ago and I don't know myself. Really? Yeah. I, I, I stopped and I stopped sugar as well. So I'm yeah I'm on this kick at the moment. But you see me at Christmas. I'll be like back into the roses and the yeah. the celebrations and everything. But yeah, it is quite nice, the breathing and the meditation. My mother was doing this 20 years ago. 20 years ago, she was doing meditation and breathing, and we used to, she'd, you'd come in and you'd really? ruin it for, yeah, way ahead of her time. Yeah. And, uh, and a Jane Fonda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she's very fit as well, but she was doing the mindfulness and no one got it. But I would walk in and I was think she was praying or something, and she'd be sitting on the chair with the eyes closed, and then she'd go, get. Out, <laughs> so I ruined it for her all the time. So I, I I'm apologised, but yes, I do understand because I'm doing that to my She's son now. For purpose. I'm doing. We're <laughs> only babies, you know. They only want you when you're in the middle of something, ma'am, ma'am. So my son is doing it now, and I'm like, get out. Anyway, but uh, it's great, the mindfulness and the yoga. I'd love to know um, if any of you guys have started trying this. newly a life for me. I got a text in here saying, I couldn't do yoga without laughing. Uh, no, you'd
1: be surprised, wouldn't you? You'd be surprised. There is a, there is a form of yoga called laughing yoga. Laughing yoga? Mm. Oh, stop. There is, honestly. Yeah. The oh, lo- local girl does it. We had her on the show a couple of years ago.
4: Now, do you have to force a laugh?
1: Uh, no, she kind of teaches you. It's got like the breathing, but you you, you laugh. <laughs> like. You learn to how to
4: laughing. <laughs> laugh. <laughs> 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 laughing yoga. OK, yeah. well, yeah. I'm not going to, to mock it. it I love laughing. I love laughing. I'll look it up. See. But it's very healthy for you to laugh. It's really healthy because you're smiling and you're it's, you know, it's infectious and it's reflective and all of those things. So, yeah. Yeah, you're laughing yoga. Okay, very good. Well, if you do yoga or breathing or mindfulness or any of those things that you think have changed your world and your life, anything that you might have taken up and um, new in that horrible pandemic that we're slowly coming out of, text us in on 086 oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. I'm very giggly. We'll take a break and we'll be back after it already. this. Already, <laughs> okay. <fine. laughs> Welcome back to the late lunch with me, Alice O'Reilly. Now, Eilish Balfe is on the phone now. Eilish, how are you? Hi Alison, how are you? Well I'm great, I'm delighted. I believe Happy Days preschoolers are even more delighted. Tell us about their royal letter. Oh, they're over
2: the moon here. (laughs) They got a letter from a real princess. Wow. Um, The Duchess of Cambridge, um, as as we would know her, Mm -hmm. um, wrote a wee letter back to them after they sent her a card um, after the G8 summit, because she does a lot around early years, so We're just having a wee conversation with them about that um, and um, so they decided to send her a card and um, last week a letter arrived and we knew from the postal stamp at the back it said Kensington Palace <gasps> um, she had wrote back so um, delighted they were over the moon um, she sent a picture of herself as well oh. but the picture she had in it didn't have a tiara in it
4: so they were very disappointed OK she didn't. but did you explain that she doesn't off. yeah she doesn't always wear it no, she doesn't. Yeah. No, that's the main yeah. thing. And tell me what so they 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 wrote to her um and did you help them with the letter? Yeah, like um we wrote her a card. So they tell me what they want to Okay.
2: To say, and I will write it down, mm-hmm. and then um, one of the little girls in here, Minnie, she drew a picture of her as well. Um, so it does say, it, it does say in the letter. Um, now it's from her secretary, but it says the Duchess of Cambridge has asked me to thank you for your lovely card and drawings. So um, and then she they apologise for the delay. So um, so it they usually um. They, they've written cards before to Michael D. Higgins and Jacinda Ardern mm. as well and um, they've gotten replies from that as well um, and it's just usually questions about, you know, um, how's your day going and, um, you know, what do you like to eat for breakfast and stuff like that. So Fantastic. Yeah, yeah.
4: Fantastic. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a lovely thing for four-year-olds to get involved in doing letter writing and card writing. Any form of communication like that, I think, is, is incredible. But the excitement, I'd say, when they get the response responses must be phenomenal
2: yes it's brilliant and it's, it's like it's, it's a lovely little lesson for them as well that like you know not everything is instant you know because mm. we've emailed now we have our camera phones everything is instant where I grew up in a w- world where it was letter writing or you know you had to go down to the, the Photoshop to get your camera developed so it's teaching them a few lessons that not everything is instant in life but it's also given them one of our parents in here Glenn as well he was a postman and he came in just at the end of last Year when we finished up last June, um, just to give them a little day in the life of a postman. And, you know, they were kind of the unsung hero of COVID uh, nineteen. I think everybody was getting packages delivered every day um Absolutely. during lockdown. So it was nice to bring him in as well and they could um they could identify and relate then to uh to Keane's daddy. Keane was in here and he was a postman and he actually brought the letter in from Michael D. um to, to show them and then he brought the letters away from for Jacinda Adairn and uh, Princess Kate as well. Um, so the postman's in on the whole thing as well. The postman is in on the whole thing as <laughs> that's well. That's so great. It's a, it's a huge learning experience mm. for them you know. Um, so yeah so
4: so that's um, it's, it's, it's a good way of teaching them that like how the postal system works. Oh no it's um, really important. I'm with you there Eilish because my uncle Jack was a postman here in Drogheda yeah. for years yeah. and uh, I went to work in the post office and then got sucked into media so that didn't happen <laughs> but I've always been a letter writer me and my granny yeah. wrote to each other for years cards, postcards everything I love that and yeah. I think it's a lovely thing to have and, and we were kind of losing it a bit so I'm delighted to hear that uh, the kids get involved in this because it is it's about patience and waiting yes. but also yeah. learning how to compose a letter construction it's a lifelong thing Oh, absolutely.
2: And like we had to show them how to address. So it wasn't Princess Kate, you know, she was the Duchess of Cambridge. So, you know, how to address people as well properly within that letter, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is a huge, um, huge learning experience. But last week as well, they sent uh, they sent letters off to the Biden administration, Joe Biden, Jill Biden and Kamala Harris. Okay. So we may get a few may we're hoping to get a letter back.
4: And um, and who who decides who we're going to write to next or is there a few um, names thrown in the hat?
2: It's the children. So this has actually been ongoing since last February, you know, Um, when Michael D. Higgins celebrated his 80th birthday, we sent him a letter and it came back. And then uh, we learned about Jacinda Ardern um, and they wanted to send her a letter and then she sent one back. And then the the, the Duchess of Cambridge as well. So we were were back on, we tried to promote kind of um, girl power in the Montessori. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about Kamala Harris, um, and she was she's helping Joe with his big job, you know. Yes. Um, so we decided. Well, the the, the the children then decided that they'd send her a letter as well, and Joe and Jill Biden a letter, and they wanted to know in their letter to Kamala Harris they wanted to know does Joe give her a go of his private plane and his private helicopter? So. Um, all valid yeah, questions. Sure. All
4: yes. valid questions.
2: That's all the questions, and they asked her what her favourite superhero was. So I'm
4: fingers crossed she's going to say teachers. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a great boost for you, Jacinda awesome. Ardern. Though she would be a very strong character. She's has be been a real hero in the in the pandemic she as well, has. and how she yeah. how she handled um, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah
2: yeah absolutely and like that that conversation about Jacinda Derne came around by chance as well because we were learning about the presidents and they all seemed to be men Yeah, and one of the little girls said oh I couldn't be president I'm not a girl
4: oh so, no
2: Jacinda Ardern coming in and yeah. Mary Robinson and Mary
4: McAleese. yes you know yeah. um, so as I said we like to you know tell the girls in here they're, they're going to
3: rule the world oh know?
4: fantastic brilliant stuff I'm <laughs> delighted it's a lovely story Eilish so will you come back on and Tell us if you get word from the Biden administration. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. Great stuff. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us on the show and say hi to all the, the kids for us. I will. Thanks a million, Alice. That's Take great, care. Eilish. That's bye Eilish Malfe there from the, uh, the the Montessori Inn in Rathod, which is absolutely incredible. I'm delighted for them that they got this princess letter. Uh, so that's it. We're finished for the first day. That's it. We're down. Uh, Their first day down on Monday. I'm back tomorrow, of course, at half past one. I'm here for a few days, so do get in touch with us. I want to say a very special thank you to Louise, the producer. Yeah, the backbone of the show. I'm going to name you Every day now, I think My that's
1: it's just swelling.
4: Oh, no, <laughs> it's great! No, no, seriously, you really do need a good, strong producer when you're doing a show. You just think that you, you know, you pull up the mic and you talk, it doesn't happen like that. You need to have somebody helping you in the background and you're ruling the roost, and that's you. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks very <laughs> much. <laughs> thanks to all our wonderful guests today, and uh, coming up on the show tomorrow, we'll be speaking to Paul Moina about um. He's an immunologist, of course, for COVID-19. And then Rachel Kyo will be talking to us about the Bring Them Home campaign. She's trying to organise a huge concert next year with lots of famous names in order to highlight the missing 9,000 children from the mother and baby home. So we'll be back tomorrow the late lunch with blackstone motors drada dundalken cabin let blackstone motors find the perfect car for you with over 300 cars to choose from we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in drada dundalken cabin low apr and zero deposit packages available see BlackstoneMotors.ie for more details
0: millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds